0: Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson.
1: Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 68 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson. The lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, and that is a privilege uh, to be doing that. And I'm here, as always, with my friend, our media pastor Joshua Harrell. Hello, Josh.
2: Hey, Shannon. How's it going?
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, I know. So it's I finally got, happened. I got to cut back.
1: It's f- oh, okay. I was thinking puberty, but you're thinking.
2: No, I, I generally <laughs> have a decently deep voice. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding
1: people are like oh no I, they just said that word I got it. Yeah. puberty we're not gonna talk anything more about your changing bodies anybody so
2: um,
1: yeah they do make filtered cigarettes though you should no, check those out I buy those
2: but then I cut them off <laughs> my dad has a wow. friend that actually does that he would keep like oh, a, you know no. mm-hmm. in church he'd have his pack of cigarettes in his uh-huh. pocket and his little tiny like, like manicure kit scissors uh-huh, Yeah, and he'd cut, no. cut the filters off and then he'd line a cigarette yeah wow His name was Jim Bob.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. There was this, um, I can't, I think they were called like step one or step three or something. But it was like filters that you attach to the cigarette on top of the filter that was already on it. Oh, really? And and I think it was women mostly used it. So my mom used it. And it was supposed to be like a way for you to like wean off of the cigarettes. What, like the
2: Cruella DeVille cigarette holder? Kind of, yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I think it went to like step three. Uh-huh. And she used the step three filters for like 20 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, didn't quite get there. What? I don't know where. If we would have combined your voice today with mine a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd
2: have
1: a. We'd have to rename our we'd show. Have
2: to, we'd have to rename our show like Holy Smoke or something. <laughs>
1: Holy smoke. Wow. Yeah, there's some cannabis church out there somewhere that's going to like, have a podcast. They're like, that's a great idea. Yeah,
2: yeah. That might be the name of their church.
1: People are listening to this going uh, with their kids, mommy, what does puberty mean? And what's this cannabis that Shannon speaks? What is this? We're going
2: to get like a warning. <laughs> like We have to put like an explicit filter.
1: That is ex- as explicit as we're going today. Yeah. As explicit as we're going. Wait till Christmas. Um. So yeah, what's what's what else is going on?
2: And eh, not much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, had to buy a new stove Mm-mm.
1: because you cook that much.
2: No. <laughs> what I mean, Kara cooks a lot. Yeah. Like she's a really good cook. She's a way better cook than my mom.
1: <laughs> Does your mom listen to the the podcast?
2: We'll find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's one way to find out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Ka- Kara just uh-huh. like like. I always thought it was because I didn't like vegetables. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the way they were prepared for me. Uh-huh. Like, Kara makes, like...
1: She made them good. Like,
2: I eat Brussels sprouts. I love... And asparagus and, like, yeah. greens and stuff good like job. that. Because the way Kara makes them, shes I mean, there's probably, like, a ton of bacon grease in it, <laughs> but it's really good.
1: <laughs> but I'm eating vegetables. Yeah.
2: So... And, like, she's gotten... Res- like, she gets recipes and she tries it and it's... Usually it's good and then, like, she... I have like a tick when I don't like what, a, like I'll do this mm-hmm. for her, but I wouldn't do it for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm eating something I don't like, I put my hand on my forehead. <laughs> and,
1: and she's noticed this.
2: Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, you don't like you don't so like." So you're what I'm like just like.
1: you're just like getting through it. Yep.
2: So then like, <laughs> I've tried to throw her off, and she'll make like some of my favorite stuff, and I'll put like my hand on my forehead <laughs> she's and she's like, like quit it.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. Now, do you cook?
2: Yeah. Um, usually <laughs> it's. She'll say, why do I let you cook? Because you make such a huge mess. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, one time I made spaghetti and sauce got <laughs> on the uh, cabinets on the other side of the kitchen. So,
1: the bathroom cabinets? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, so you bought a new stuff. Good yep. job. Yeah. It's always, you know you're an adult when you go buy an appliance. Yeah, it's like, it's, fun. it's It's real. So, obviously. Uh,
2: and, and then I, I fit into that, like, stereotypical, the man, like, the husband comes in and is like, hey, uh. I'm going to cook. Yeah. And that means I'm going to go grill some meat outside, <laughs> but I'm going to need you to cook yeah. the sides, uh, fix the plates, uh. make the drinks, and then clean up everything after I'm done grilling the meat. But I see, cooked you dinner.
1: But I'm thinking, see, that's, we do a lot of grilling, but it's kind of like whoever cooks, the other one cleans. So, yeah. um But then, uh, if we grill, then yeah, yeah. Um, a couple, this has been like a month or so ago now, but like Drew just like off the cuff was like, invited a few people over for lunch on a Sunday afternoon, like right after church. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do burgers and hot dogs. And he's like, oh, and it was a few people and they were like, do we need to bring anything? He's like, no, I got it. So he goes to the store after church and do you know what he buys? Burgers. And hot dogs and the buns. That's it. And that's all. (laughs) And so that's... No lettuce. No, no lettuce, lettuce. no tomato, no onion, no chips, no coleslaw, no beans, (laughs) uh, no pickles. I mean, it was meat and And bread. bread. (laughs) And that's... He said he was making burgers and hot dogs and...
2: By George, that's (laughs) what he made.
1: (laughs) So anyway. Anyway. um, So on today's episode, is there anything else you want to mention before we jump in? Nah. Okay, so we have been having these conversations. Um, you know, after, even actually before the the vote, the official vote for disaffiliation, we, um, I put together some exploratory groups. I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah, we, we talked about um, it on here a couple of times. Now. Okay, so there's an, there's two exploratory groups right now that are looking at the pros and cons of of some options going forward, whether denominational or independent, right? and and in uh, and I sit in those in those conversations and just to help answer any questions or whatever and then I just take notes, right? So I was sitting in an exploratory group a few weeks ago and one of the things that I've uh noticed and and I've heard it acts acts ax, asked in different ways <laughs> I can't speak today asked in different ways um but it was kind of like this like, like, who are we? You know, yeah. kind of like, well, we need to know who we are. And I'd be like, well, here, let me show you. Let me share with you this. Um, you know, remember what we used in our presentation when we pitched to even start the church? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, you know, that like was,
2: the who we are. That was some long days putting that. together.
1: Yeah. So, and, and we share it at like our ministry board stuff. So I said, well, here's this. So this should be helpful. And 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 so as we've been nav- navigating the waters and kind of discerning what what our, the best path forward for the church is. Kind of the overarching question that's has risen up is kind of, who who are we? Which is a great question. And that should be something that is asked and examined and looked at. And in a recent conversation, and I can't remember which group it was or who asked, but someone said, because I, I, I think I said something about being Wesleyan, or someone did, like, well, you no. know, we want to make sure they're Wesleyan. And someone said, is being Wesleyan really a big deal? Like, is it is that really important? and which is a really good question to be sure mm-hmm.
2: especially in our church setting where there there aren't a lot of lifetime methodists and mm-hmm. and people i mean just look at our staff everyone's from a different background and
0: and, mm-hmm.
2: and our staff none of it's methodist mm-hmm. so right. it is a very in, it is a very important question to ask with with the porch community yep. church because we we are a melting pot of so many
0: mm-hmm.
2: forms of christianity Yep. even in our leadership, which yep. is which is so unusual. Yeah, and especially in this part of the country.
1: Yeah, well, and that's a good point because I think, in some ways, the assumption was just, well, yeah, of course you're Wesleyan because you're Methodist. Yeah. But what do those words even mean to anybody? Like, right. what do they? Eat? So maybe they know the words, but they don't know the meaning, or they're even going, well, why do we have the words? So it really made me think and kind of urged me to go, wow, we need to really walk through and and talk through. What is the lens that by which this church, the Portuguese Church, understands and lives out Scripture? Mm-hmm. Because that's what a doctrine is. Mm-hmm. A doctrine is, and, and everyone has one, by the way, um, so it's not, you could be like, well, I don't have a doctrine. You, you, do, yes, you do. You do. Everyone has a doctrine. Um, most of the doctrines of Christians out there would end up falling into a couple of different possible categories
2: of other words that people don't know all the meanings for
1: right um and they just don't know it um and i would non-denoms um people non-denominational you know, independent you know they still have a doctrine Mm -hmm. um and so if if you're a believer you've got a doctrine whether you know that or not and and so um but i thought it'd be good to get and, and what so whenever i say doctrine that's what i mean it's the lens by which the church not not just a person but then even a church would have a doctrine yeah right it's the lens by which in this regard we'll talk about the church the church understands and lives out scripture so mm-hmm. when we see scripture this is how we understand it and this is how we live it out and so our doctrine is
2: the code we live by
1: right right mm-hmm. and and it's wesleyan
2: mm-hmm.
1: um now some people have a hard time going well, why um with the concept of a doctrine with a person's name attached to it.
2: I can see that. And it's
1: like, okay, well, we're not worshiping John Wesley. Right. Just as someone who would say they're Calvinist in their doctrine is not worshiping John Calvin.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I would say there's probably some people on both sides of that that probably (laughs) do.
1: I would hope, I mean, maybe, but yeah. But that's not what it means. It's just that that name is attributed to that person because they helped... They were Sculpt very it. instrumental in... Yeah, sculpting it. In, yeah, and mm-hmm. putting it into the words that people really attach to. Because really, and we've talked about this, goodness, many episodes ago, um, that that we're really Armenian, which mm-hmm. is not a nationality, but mm-hmm. but it's named after Jacob Which Armenius, is also named after a guy. Right. Um, Armenian Wesleyan is, you know, it just kind of... Um, they both... It's the same, but John Wesley kind of lived out the Armenian doctrine. So yeah. anyway, all that to say... Our doctrine is a lens by which we understand and live out Scripture. So when someone asks, is being Wesleyan really a big deal? Is it important for the Portuguese Community Church? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, our doctrine um, can most certainly be defined as Wesleyan. And yes, it is important, even if we don't ascribe the name Wesleyan to it on the regular. Right. So even if we don't, you know get up and say you know this is our this is you know today we're going to talk about grace and we might never mention john wesley or wesleyan or wesleyanism or whatever mm, or
2: Arminianism,
1: right but but how we how we view grace is really described well in the wesleyan doctrine so i would use the um the, i don't know how good of an example this is but i was thinking about this so the example of a family right okay they don't they don't have to repeat. We'll use the heralds. You don't have to repeat your last name all the time to remind yourselves of who you are. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still who you are nonetheless. So it's not like you guys are sitting at dinner and you're like, Hey Kara, will you please pass the salt? And remember we're the heralds like, it's and, like, you don't have to do that. And this is the that. way we
2: pass the salt. Yeah,
1: and this is how you pass me the salt.
2: Like, and this is the heart <laughs> behind how we pass. The
1: because salt. we're the heralds. Like, so yes, we're Wesleyan, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're always going to be like "Oh, Wesleyan, Wesleyan. Cause, um, and and I think that's just important to note. So um
2: well, okay, so yeah, I wonder though, um, is it because for that example, like with the heralds, mm-hmm. we know we're the heralds, right Like we know that we subscribe to the Herald mm-hmm, doctrine, right? Now, is it because? Yeah, people don't know what the Wesleyan doctrine is, or that we even subscribe to it.
1: Mhm. Yeah, or
2: th- or people just go, "I just thought we just love Jesus, right?" And that and that's our doctrine.
1: Yeah, and, and that would be true as well. Yeah, but um, so yeah, there yes to all those things. Um, I think, um, you know, there's kind of some different schools of thought. Some might say, "Do we really need to focus on doctrine?" I think, as far as ascribing it to somebody, um. Not a person, no. But I think having a doctrine, it it affects the way again that lens by which you that you um live out what what you see in
0: scripture. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so like for instance, you I have not said a lot, uh, especially on Sundays. And I like, hey, well, I have said this: Jesus loves you. I have said, repent and believe the gospel, of Jesus. Um, what you don't often hear me say is, and remember, we're Wesleyan, like. Right? Yeah, that'd be a weird but, end tagline. And See remember, you bye. we're Wesleyan. And
2: remember, we're Wesleyan.
1: So, but I would say this to anyone who's going, Oh, I didn't even know this. The teaching that you receive on Sunday, on Sunday mornings from me or Justin, um, or that our kids are receiving from Kristen, um, or our students are receiving on Sunday night. Uh, that our community groups are talking about, it is based on the Wesleyan doctrine because mm-hmm. it comes, it outflows from that. And it's very integral to who we are as the Porch Community Church, yeah. whether we ever say, and we're Wesleyan, by mm-hmm. the way. So, what I thought we would do today, especially, and we might carry this out um, after Holy Week into a couple more conversations, is just to kind of walk through uh, what are. Uh, today, we're going to look at seven characteristics of the Wesleyan doctrine. So just these seven characteristics to kind of help us go, all right, um, if we, we want to be faithful to this doctrine while serving not just the Portuguese Church, but the Capital C Church Universal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, here here are the doctrines. So,
2: Well, before we get into yeah, that, I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Um, so before you were a pastor in a Wesleyan church, uh-huh. did you what was your knowledge Mm. of the Wesleyan doctrine like when you walked into a Wesleyan church, like, did you know anything? No. And then, um, how did you learn, like, how (laughs) did you learn about the Wesleyan? Because I know for myself, I, Mm -hmm. I I know how I learned about the stuff, like John Mm. Calvin and stuff like Mm. that. I know that. But what about you?
1: So I didn't know anything. I Mm -hmm. didn't know who John Wesley was. Um, And then, uh, I, it was, it, it's the, um, the whole understanding and teaching of grace that, um, our, our Jacob Arminius and John Wesley, both, and, and John Wesley, especially really, um, talk about, um, especially like the prevenient grace, that grace that goes before that, that works in our life before we even realize it. That was huge to me because it it was exactly the experience I had of being able to look back and go, wow, that was God working. Mm -hmm. So as I kind of studied that doctrine of grace, I realized that, um, I, I did not ascribe to a more Calvinistic type where, um, everything has been completely preordained and everything has been picked out. And that, and and I started to see, yeah, I definitely had free will because I definitely made some choices, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then, And so uh, it was the doctrine of grace. And then as I looked at that, I I started to see just in studying and reading that that was a Wesleyan doctrine. Yeah. And so I kind of stumbled into that. And then, of course, seminary um, had a huge impact on that. Yeah, of course. So I think you ask a good question because um, most of the people don't go to seminary. Most of the people might not have gone into the depth of – of that understanding of grace and whatnot. And so there's definitely a responsibility on my part, on our part as a staff, as teaching, um, that yes, the Wesleyan doctrine is important. We're not necessarily always going to say Wesley, 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 like I just did. Um, <coughs> but it's still important to teach the doctrine itself. Yeah. Um, does that make sense?
2: Well, was, I, I was actually, but say, I do think,
1: oh, go, ahead, go ahead. I was
2: actually going to say almost the, not exact opposite, but it's not your responsibility or the staff's responsibility hmm. to teach like the foundations of the Wesleyan doctrine. It's, uh-huh. it's your job to teach the gospel, right? Mm, yeah. And then it's my personal journey to fi- like mm. the big stuff. That's, that's what um, I get on Sundays. But then if I need to, if I need to flesh out what, Mm-hmm. the porch believes at a doctrine level, mm-hmm. that's kind of my, that's part of my journey yes. to, to, to to come to you and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's have a conversation about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Be, so we don't mud So the waters don't get so like in the weeds because so many people are at different levels of mm-hmm. their spiritual walk that they might not be ready to dig into that yet. Sure. Because like I wasn't until like my early twenties, like, I didn't start mm-hmm. questioning things about, like, why Baptist churches did this, why I believe mm-hmm. this, like, where did this come from? And that's when I started learning about guys like John Calvin mm-hmm. and Jonathan Edwards and even John Wesley. And mm-hmm. it was like, like, you know, when you buy a piece of tech and you like, and you
1: know, but yeah, but like you have, <laughs> mo-
2: you have like three or four options that you are really considering, yeah. and you kind of compare the specs mm-hmm. and then you kind of go through like, you compare all, all the things that all these guys were preaching mm-hmm. and then you go, well, what fits where God has me? Mm-hmm. And it might not even be forever. What, what, what are these guys, uh, mm-hmm. emphasizing that God, that Jesus, that was so important to Jesus that aligns to where God has me right now. Mm hmm. And like, that's when like, I feel like as yes, it, it's important that, that our church has a doctrine, but it's, it's important at a personal level. Mm hmm in my opinion.
1: Well, I think it's it's definitely not like a secret or anything no, that we're no, no, Wesleyan. No. And I don't think there's anything wrong but, with me or Justin or anyone that's teaching or, or doing anything going, hey, this is a Wesleyan doctrine, and then just throwing it out there. But yes, you are right. The, the personal responsibility, yeah. and, and that's always the case. I mean, even... With anything is you know um, you know a Sunday message um, the responsibility is whether there's one verse there or fifty verses there, the responsibility is always on the listener to take that and then and and you know go deeper, uh, pray on it, do more study, word study, you know whatever you want to do, language study, however you want to you know uh, look at it and and go okay God what what do you have for me in this so th- there is. I do take a, a little bit of responsibility, but I, I appreciate your point because, um, you know, I think that we don't want to just – I don't and no one that we would put up there on, on that, that white X that you have on the stage where I'm supposed to stand for yeah. the spotlight um, <laughs> so that I can be seen on the camera because, yeah, that's what I want to be done is a scene on the camera. But anyway, um but whoever was standing on that X is like – um. We want to be, uh, like you said, you know, here's the gospel, um, here's the good news, and and then allow that person to to take it and and learn from it, and whether they know it's Wesleyan or not. Um, but yep. as a church, and so I would say, like importance as as the people who are teaching and the people who are mm-hmm. producing, you know, if we're writing a Bible study or community group discussion questions, like yeah. we do that out of a, the lens of of Wesleyanism, exactly. of course.
2: And and like so, for me, it's almost like it, because I I grew up in such a traditional Baptist background, mm-hmm. and then now I'm here in a Wesleyan church. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the until you get a grasp of the gospel, and you understand what mm-hmm. the the godly church that you're in ha, is preaching about Jesus. Until you understand that, you're not ready. Yeah, to talk to yeah. to talk to anyone about. The doctor of the, <laughs> of the church, you you need to be sucking in yeah. the gospel
1: yeah yeah I think that's a good point. I have a, a question for you. Um, so and I and I could be wrong, but um, I think that those who've grown up in a Baptist church
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably have heard more about John Calvin than maybe those who have grown up in a Methodist church have heard about John Wesley. Would you say yes, no, maybe?
2: Um, I actually grew up in an Arminius Baptist church. Mm. So uh, I learned about, like, John Calvin was mm-hmm. something I sought after. Got you. Like, mm-hmm. my preacher was preaching this. Yeah. I had w- been following this blindly for so long uh-huh. that I wanted to look for a different viewpoint. Yeah. And I wanted a cool viewpoint. <laughs> so I... I reached like I looked for the <laughs> I looked for the pastors that were on YouTube.
1: Oh uh, yeah.
2: And yeah. like made sure they were biblically sound and then I dug into their doctrine more than I did the gospel they were preaching. Mm. That's how I found those that's how I found out about John Calvin, John Calvin
1: and, and 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 the others even and, if you didn't yeah. agree and that, with them. And yeah. that's
2: how I found out that Calvinism and Arminianism even exist. Yeah. Is because okay. trying to find a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Because I understood the gospel, now I wanted to find out where Joshua what was need, that lens with well, which you were going to live that? What was the that lens out? that mm-hmm. Joshua's spiritual walk was going to take?
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, cuz I think and and so then I think that's the that was the question I had was cuz I don't know how, you know, if presbyterians and and many baptists who are Primarily Calvinistic, yeah. uh, definitely Presbyterians. I don't know if they know a lot about John Calvin. And I don't think a lot, a lot of Catholics, like growing up Catholic, don't know a whole lot about Augustine or Thomas Aquinas. And I don't think a lot of Methodists and Nazarenes um, know a lot about John Wesley. But all of those three, you know, they, they have many of them ascribed to that doctrine yeah. of that, yeah. that person's name. So here are the characteristics of what it means to be Wesleyan. Um, first, to be Wesleyan, to have a Wesleyan doctrine, it means that we recognize the primacy of scriptural authority, meaning scripture is primary. Scripture is number one. There, There's nothing that overrides scripture. You may have heard of, like, the Wesleyan quadrilateral, um, which is reason and experience and scripture. And um, what's the fourth one? I can't remember right now. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
2: like, I'm still... Trying to oh tradition that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm still learning about Wesleyanism yeah. and yeah, well, and what we are, have as a doctrine. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, there's there's sometimes that you go nope that's not us. Yeah, like well, when I say something. Perfect sometimes.
1: example. It's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Quadrilateral, but what John Wesley didn't write it. It came up later, but his name is ascribed to it because it's, it's okay. it kind of fits yeah. in the doctrine. But so yeah, there's four areas: tradition, reason, um, uh, experience, and uh, scripture. But but tradition, reason, and experience do not override scripture in no way, shape, or form. So in Wesleyanism, scripture's number one. Yeah. Okay. Um, John Wesley, he he wrote this in a letter in seventeen thirty nine. He said, um, I allow no other rule, whether of faith or practice, than the holy scriptures. So if there was something else written or anything like that, He was like, okay, but what does Scripture say? So he was Scripture number one. Um, Another characteristic of the Wesleyan doctrine is that we we understand that we are part of a the bigger like historical tradition of the Christian faith. That it wasn't like that. We're saying that Jesus was um, that only Wesleyans are right. And everyone else is wrong. We're not saying that's not what a, right. we, a Wesleyan doctrine is. It is an understanding that there is, we are part of a much bigger um, story. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we're not just a we don't belong to a religious sect that just came into existence in the middle of the 18th century. And
2: everything before or after was false. Was wrong. right,
1: right? Yeah. So, what like, this is how John Wesley described the movement that he was leading, he said, this is the religion of the Bible, the religion of the original church. It's no other than love, the love of God, and all humanity. And so to be true to our uh, Wesleyan heritage, um, we are obligated to, to understand that we're part of that bigger picture. We're part of the, the Christian tradition. It's not just something that some dude wrote up and you know it's not like he wrote a manuscript for a book and then it got turned down so that he turned it into a religion which is <laughs> what we have in some things yeah and and others um okay Mormonism. so mm, uh, so third the That's third the characteristic the third characteristic to be wesleyan requires this and it kind of goes hand in hand with what i just said is that we're ecumenical so it's like we're not going to say um, you know, if you give me your hand, I'll give you my. Heart. We're 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 going to say, if you give me your hand, I'll give you my heart. You know, it's like I'm with you. Like, okay, we might not agree on on all the things, but on the essentials, we agree. So, whether you're Calvinistic or whatever you are, or or Wesleyan or whatever the name is on your church, if we agree on the essentials, then we're good.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and that's how okay. it should be. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. Yes. So,
1: like an ecumenical idea is like, okay, so we can. So we can be in fellowship with Catholics and we can be in fellowship with Baptists, we can be in fellowship with Episcopalians and whomever else and non-denominational mm-hmm. people. Because if we agree on the essentials, then then we're okay. Then we're we're, good.
2: we're on the same boat.
1: Right. And so though John Wesley had strong theological convictions, he he saw the body of Christ as much bigger than just one tradition or one theological perspective. Um and so he he knew there were theological divisions. he didn't ignore them, but he didn't allow those differences to cloud the the larger reality that that um, we hold these things in common through through the the Creed like you know, the Apostles Creed, the Nicene Creed., um, now,
2: are those Wesleyan or were those mm, around? Oh before?
1: no oh yeah, they've been around for a long, long long okay. time. Yeah, the Council of Nicaea, and wrote the Nicene Creed, and then um, I'm not sure which council put together the Apostles' Creed, but
2: was it the Cal- Council of Apostles? No,
1: it wasn't. But it's it's um it's the one that I think is more widely accepted in Protestant churches that that would do creeds, um, where the Nicene Creed is more uh, Catholic, maybe Episcopalian. I don't know about Episcopalian, but I'm guessing that makes maybe sense. Lutheran. Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, here's, here's the one I just mentioned a, a minute ago when I, when you asked me about how I kind of found my way, uh, knowing that or understanding my doctrine was Wesleyan. Um, it, this characteristic, the fourth one is that, uh, to be Wesleyan is we affirm the doctrine of justification by grace through faith. So it's, it's not about, Works. It's salvation is grounded in in what Christ has done for us, His righteousness, and it is given to us through faith, which is a gift of God's grace. God's grace is what allows us to say yes to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley, one of the things he he wrote about was that that we must. We respond to God's gift through, yes, we through acts of obedience. And those come out of faith. But, but it is a response on our part. Um, on our own, we're never going to be able to... There's nothing anyone can do to earn salvation. Um, no, no, no. It can't happen. But he still taught that God in his sovereign, sovereignty, he grants us this the free will to be able to respond to him and allow his grace to work in our lives. Um, and so we can refuse to respond. And then we would, wouldn't would be saved or we wouldn't be transformed. So it's the whole, uh, probably gets down to the free will versus um, being preordained. Yeah, yeah. Um, The predetermination. Did mm-hmm. God predetermine who would be saved? Or did he give all humanity free will to choose? And it was God's grace that was there to allow us to, to make that mm-hmm. choice. And I,
2: and I like that, this coming from someone that you know that it was a defining kind of part of my faith for a long time, mm-hmm. and now it's like I'm still trying to wrestle with it 100%. Right. I'm leaning way more towards free will than I ever thought I would in my life, mm-hmm. but the fact that it is so low can, uh, than scripture, like scripture's way over this, yeah. It
1: it, it makes you get eh, well, yeah,
2: yeah. I'll get there because I'm in I'm in a Bible believing church. Right. Like that scripture is top level. Yes. And then this other stuff will work itself out in my life personally.
1: hmm Right. Right. And I yeah, I, I like that viewpoint. Um here's another characteristic, the fifth characteristic. Um, if if you're someone who has a Wesleyan doctrine, it means that this is also important that you recognize the grace of God. It's not just um Transforming, but it's also pardoning. Ooh, it's not just, yeah. so like often when we talk about the grace of God, it's like, oh, he pardoned us from our sins and mm-hmm. he did and yeah. praise the Lord. He did, but it's also a transforming it's grace a new
2: creation and
1: it's not a, it's an ongoing process. Uh-huh. Um, so, and that's, that really, this is the central piece. This is the crux, if you will, uh, the, the central theological distinctive of Wesleyanism is that um, by God's grace uh, for holiness and sanctification? Like this is this is what this is about. Grace is more than just pardoning us, forgiving us our sins, but it is a transforming grace which, through the work, the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, ongoing, mm-hmm. yep. it enables us to conform um, more and more to the image of Christ. Yeah, and it's a participatory thing. Oh yeah. Um. So it's not like we're uh out of like we have no control and Mm -hmm. the holy spirit's like and you will now read your bible you know i don't that i don't know why i made that like a robot Um, (laughs) but it's like it is a participatory thing but it is god's grace continually working in our lives which is why hello anyone ever had a dry spell anyone ever had a time of like i don't even know if i believe this stuff anyone had a time of like i don't even i don't even care could be true couldn't i don't know but i'm just gonna do my thing and you're a believer. Like yeah. you would never deny that you have had this understanding of who Jesus Christ is, but you have these moments and friends, that's when we are not choosing to walk. We're not allowing his Holy Spirit to work in us and his, and it, it's like, it's like shutting off the valve to, to oh, his yeah. grace. You know,
2: the only people that can honestly answer yes to that got saved yesterday
1: <laughs> or five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two more, two more characteristics I want to mention. So the sixth uh, uh, characteristic of a Wesleyan doctrine um, is very much, and this is, I would probably say, is like the second crux of, especially when you get into why it's called Wesleyanism, um, is this, rec- this commitment to discipleship and to accountability. Because um, specifically, a-, a Wesleyan doctrine requires of us this commitment to To the importance of, of structured Christian discipleship, right? So yeah. um, we don't do Lone Ranger stuff. I mean, you can. You can go read on your own, but but the, the body of Christ is important. The community of faith is important. Accountability happens in community. Discipleship doesn't happen on your own. It happens in community. And so in addition to, like, small groups, you know, community groups, um, Wesley w- was very focused on the importance of what you were just talking about, Josh, our private devotions, mm-hmm. um, but also our participating in the life of the church. Oh, yeah. Being involved in the life of the church, um, receiving the sacraments, um, and and then doing acts of mercy based on the grace that we have received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's very all-encompassing. It's not just a, um, I'm going to do my thing, um, but it's about... Uh, coming alongside of other people in the process. So Mm -hmm. discipleship and accountability and bringing other people along with you in that process and going, okay, this is the direction we're going and bringing other people along Mm -hmm. and saying, here we go. So does that make sense? Oh yeah. 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 So the seventh uh, characteristic of a Wesleyan doctrine, uh, it means, and we, I just kind of mentioned it is, is to be involved in ministry that, that is, it shows the compassion of Jesus Christ. It shows his compassion to others, and that could look like so many different things. I mean, you really can't put like a one descriptor on that, but, but, um, it's, it's imperative that as a follower of Jesus, that we're simultaneously committed to that essential vertical relationship with, with our creator. Um, because we need that that redemptive relationship right mm-hmm. but there's also the importance of that of the side by side that horizontal relationship with other people yes of of being able to um share the ministry with compassion and grace as as Jesus has with us and so like without if the latter is not present then then Wesley asserted there's something fundamentally wrong with the former so if we are not doing compassionate ministries in the name of Jesus then there's something wrong with our relationship with God. Yes, hundred percent. So, um, and and no no position could be more clear, clear clearly rooted in Christ than that. I mm-hmm. mean, so it, we've got to be doing that, and I think that's important because, you know, you made a you you said something earlier that kind of kind of um, sent off a little bell in my mind. And there's nothing wrong with it, but you mentioned as you got to a certain stage, I don't know if you're college or older high school, I'm not sure, when you started looking around, like you were looking lo- looking at other authors and speakers and preachers yeah, yeah. and stuff, and, and you said you were looking for the cool person, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, the popular, I don't yeah. know. But um, there is like this um, consumeristic mindset that I definitely see – in young in younger people, I think, and, and it d- doesn't even matter like which generation you say you belong to, but I think when people are in that that 20s, late teens, 20s mm-hmm. a zone, there is a, there's a search for identity. Yep. There's a search for, and it's different than like the identity you tried to find like in middle school. I mean, this is like, I'm about to step into college or career or whatever, and, and there's a search for identity, and if it's a person of faith, then they're trying to um, I hate to say this, but at times, fit their faith into what they want their current situation is versus fitting their situation into their faith. Right. I mean, which happens for everybody. I'm that's not just a whole. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. just putting that on young adults. I think that's oh, true yeah. in general. But I would say there's during that time as well because of immaturity, there's a consumeristic mindset, mm-hmm. and we kind of go, well, who am I going? I'm going to find. I'm gonna go and listen to who's going to agree with what I already think, or um, this is the person that's getting the most views, or, or the who most has likes a completely different shares,
2: or who is biblical but has a completely different view yeah. than what I get than what my, my local my pastor parents talk yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and go and li- and and you know, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I think the understanding of of being um, making making sure first and foremost that our relationship with God is secure. Um, and then we live out in a way of compassionate ministries is important because then the focus is less on self. Yes. And I think that is when I talk about the whole like searching and, and all that, um, I said consumeristic, but I think more selfish or self centered, um, um, idea of faith versus, others centered and and christ centered
2: and i think there in your faith walk there is a little bit of time that that's okay because you need to search and Mm -hmm, grow mm -hmm. but then if we we immediately need to switch switch to a a phase of action and being plugged into what Mm. we've uh kind of kind of grown like drawn towards because mm-hmm. if we don't we stay in that mode of yeah. give me information give me right like you you inadvertently mm-hmm. stay in that adole that spirit and I'm speaking spiritually but that spiritual adolescence of mm-hmm. like feed me the stuff that I need and I'm feed me feed me, me more yeah you know, well, and, then, and and then yeah. not doing anything with it.
1: Right. And that's when you just, you said something, you probably heard me breathe in a, a, a hesitation, but I'm totally agreeing with you because, and I, again, I don't think it's just uh, that age range, but I think we're, the young adult age, the, again, like later teens, tw- 20s, early 20s, um, or maybe someone who's, you know, like in their 40s, but a brand new believer, but there is like this phase of, where your attention is very much on, oh my goodness, who am I and exactly. what, what have I done and yeah. what what am I going to do? And you have to. And ad- there is that self.
2: You, you have to figure that out. Yeah.
1: However, at and and I don't know if it's necessarily a time frame or what, but I think as soon as possible, and and I think some of that work is dependent on the person, because the Holy Spirit's not limited, obviously. Right. Right. But at some point, it's our faith has to be others focused otherwise we become like this cesspool of information and, and and maybe that's not the right way to say it because it might be really good information yeah but um but it's not flowing anywhere right. um because it's just i just i just want to take in i want to take in and there's nothing going outward and
2: and then all those all the ideological pressure that is and spiritual intake that you've done is eventually if you don't pour it out you're gonna bust
1: <laughs> or you're just gonna be miserable
2: well yeah <laughs> i would say busting is yeah being miserable.
1: <laughs> um well because i think you're gonna i don't know and then you you get into um and i'm certainly not saying you know we, we've kind of diverged here a little bit i'm not saying that wesleyan is is the absolute way it is definitely the lens by which i view um Scripture and and understand my faith and understand my relationship with God, um, and how I understand my relationship with other people and my responsibility as a person, not mm-hmm. even just as a pastor, but just yep. as a human being. Um, but um, regardless of what doctrine that you may ascribe to, whether you even know if you do, you do. You do. If you're a Christian, um, actually, I think and you have a doctrine, breathe, even if you're not. You yeah, subscribe to a doctrine, um, but that. At, for all of us, so for our Calvinistic friends who are listening or anyone else um like there is the in the process of our faith journey we talk about that all the time um if we don't take eyes off of self, then we Josh and this is the perfect season to talk about this we are nothing more than Pharisees
0: mm-hmm.
1: um who because I listen um. You know, like I don't wanna do like eighteen episodes on John Wesley or Wesleyanism. Um, but I think in this time as we're trying to figure out who we are, it's good to mention we wanna focus on Jesus Christ. Exactly. And the gospel and um the the saving work that he has done for us. And so I don't know, dear listener, you may not know what your doctrine is or maybe you didn't know that the doctrine here was Wesleyan. Or maybe as you heard those, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm Wesleyan. (laughs) You just went through those seven characteristics. Who knew? Um, I hope that you see it for what it is, which is it's just a framework by which Scripture, which is number one, Mm -hmm. um, is is that we live out and understand Scripture.
2: And what doctrine is supposed to do is help you understand and apply Mm -hmm. the Scripture that you're reading to your life. Yes, yes. For sure. And that's what our doctrine does. It's not... Right. It doesn't it, become it doesn't, the new... It, yeah. It, it does, doesn't override it Bi- doesn't the Bible. It doesn't override the Bible, but it, do, it does give us kind of like these standards to go, well, we so what is the scripture trying, trying mm-hmm. to tell me? Mm-hmm. My church is this, so let me start looking at it this mm-hmm. way, and then now how do I apply it? Yeah. Like, how do I take this and serve people with it? For sure. You know? Yeah. And if we're not doing that, there's a disconnect somewhere, mm-hmm. whether it whether you you have a disconnect with the church you're in, or you're having a disconnect with God Himself. Mm-hmm.
1: I can get I'll give a personal example of how the doc the Wesleyan doctrine has has benefited me in um, being again not just not as a pastor but just as a person a believer. Yeah. Um, and that is the understanding of that grace that works in our life, that prevenient grace that works in our life. I, I didn't know what that meant. I had right. no idea, but as soon as I understood it, I knew it to be true, because I see how God. Uh, I just see how there was these this, there were these moments and times where um, I had no reason to be seeking after him, but I was, or that, that certain moments and things worked out. And it was like, I knew I could go left or I could go right. I could go forward or I could go backward. And, and I took a step and it was like, there he was. And, and it was just like, he was preparing a way, And I, I look back on that. And as I share those experiences and that, the, that story of mine mm-hmm. with people, I see that light bulb go off with them, and they're like, oh, or go on. I think is a better way. Um, and and they're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what was happening. Yeah, uh, I was just having a conversation the other day with someone, and they were like, oh, yeah, I was. I, it, I mean, it was like a holy moly, you know, or mm-hmm. holy god. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're right. That is him working in my life, and so that doctrine allows me to kind of understand that and be able to express it you know it just mm-hmm. gives me yeah. the re- words to do it so so yeah so you know that question that popped up in one of the exploratory groups is being Wesleyan really a big deal is it important um a doctrine is a big deal yes. Under- having having a doctrine having a way to understand and live out your faith is very important because if you don't have one then I think you kind of just kind of get you, tossed and turned yeah. here there and anywhere um and so yes, it's important, um, but, but it's all in the in the framework of scripture. Scripture first, yeah, yes, yeah. and then our understanding and how we live that out. So, and
2: and I think that's kind of where some people, not necessarily get confused, but like take the the name on the sign uh-huh. as more important than the scripture that's being shared in the pulpit.
1: Oof, well, we don't want that here. No, we don't want that. And here. I
2: don't think and. And I don't think it's any church's intention either. Sure.
1: Well, I hope not. But yeah, you're right.
2: But well, any
1: <laughs> yeah, I got any
2: Bible believing church hopefully is not that way. Yeah. You know, right? And, but it is a connotation that sometimes people walk in with.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, we want to be faithful to the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely true. Um, Jesus is Lord. God is a creator of all things. Mm-hmm. Um his grace is real and it works in our life and we have an opportunity to live into it or not. And um yeah, that's that's our doctrine. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that's who we are. I hope that was helpful to somebody. I don't know, I, I would think it was, but um, yeah. Helpful to you, Josh. Maybe? Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But Portuguese I'm never gonna say I'm I'm the one. Not I'm helpful. Well, no, I'm never gonna be the one that says I have I'm the one on staff that has Wesleyan doctrine <laughs> figured out because I'm probably the least. Uh,
1: well, I'm still I'm still working on, but again, going to the point, is, is I don't feel like I have to figure out Wesleyan doctrine. No, it's just the the more I continue to uh, read Scripture, yep, I see it through that lens of the Wesleyan doctrine. I'm like, yeah, that's that's how I understand that. that's, yeah. that's how that's how I believe. That's how the Holy Spirit is is directing me and leading me. So. Um, So I mentioned a couple of times now, like this time of year and what's going on. So we have some stuff happening.
2: Yeah, it's a big time in the church. What's going on? So like next week, we're going to have like five podcasts. (laughs) Monday through Friday. I need
1: to get to work on that. Yeah. (laughs) Now I've got some ideas. So
2: next week starts Holy Week.
1: It does. Holy Week. Which, is that something you celebrated when you were... uh, No. Yeah, I know, right. What's this Holy Week? I mean... all about Easter.
2: You would... You might have a church that did a Good Friday thing, mm-hmm. but other than that, no.
1: Yeah. So like, next week, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. Uh, so Diane would like do these like lessons about explaining each and every day of like Holy Week and like Spy Wednesday and mm-hmm. Monday <laughs> Thursday, and I'm like, what is she talking about? I get Good Friday. I don't understand any of this stuff.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, well, so what we're going to do next week is we're not going to do like a, a longer podcast. We're going to do short, shorter yeah, um daily podcasts. I don't know what time you'll have them go, but they'll be up. They'll be at the same time. Yeah. Oh, the same. Yeah, whenever. I'll just
2: put them up 5 a.m.
1: Yeah. For all our early risers. Yep. And um they'll be shorter little things. And what we're going to do, Josh, I'll give a little taste of it, is that we're going to look at what, what was Jesus doing um, like the last three to two weeks We think but Or the three weeks going forward to Easter Like what was he doing those couple of weeks Before Actually I'd say before Good Friday okay. Before that Friday uh, And then before we celebrate Easter So we're going to look um, at scripture And see what was going on in the life of Jesus And mm-hmm. his disciples And everything around um, So we're going to do that every day We're going to look at a different little snapshot Of, Ooh, of what fun. he was yeah. doing That'll be great so we'll be doing that. Uh, we've got a worship, worship service on, on Wednesday, Spy
2: Wednesday
0: apparently.
1: <laughs> Wednesday, April thirteenth, at six o'clock in the auditorium, we have our Holy Week worship service. So I hope that uh, you will be a part of that, uh, and it'll be a good time. It's always a good time during you know kind of that. Uh, just it, it'll be more of a contemplative, you know, prayer and 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 music service. Just kind of. Just considering, like, wow, what, what has Jesus been doing? And I think in line with our the podcast we'll be doing that week, mm-hmm. it'll be really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something else. Uh, well, this Sunday is Palm Sunday. So yeah. before Easter oh, even gets yeah, yeah, yeah. here, it's Palm Sunday. So the kids are going to wave the palms. Again, that's um, one that I am. Yeah, right? And um, they'll do that in both services at 930 mm-hmm. and 11. And I think uh, you can, if you want your elementary age or preschool age. I mean I kiddo, held Caroline yeah, last year. So. uh to participate. Just come to the next steps wall near the lobby. About uh,
2: fifteen minutes before yep, the, the
0: service.
1: And uh you will be given a poem and uh we won't um stab you with them like we did last year. And um and yeah, and it's always an it's always really neat to see the the processional. Mm-hmm. So that'll be uh super cool. And uh, I don't know how many middle school parents we have listening to the podcast but this Sunday April Sunday 10th night. is the, is the extreme egg hunt and which I think we mentioned with last week
2: E G G
1: extreme egg stream Oh my goodness gracious So but they're going to have fun during salt they're going to have a Really cool, like, prizes and stuff like ones. that. So there's, I think they're supposed to wear camo or
2: something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing my paintball gun. <laughs> no, You're not. just
1: going to pick them off from the tree line? <laughs> Ow! Uh, I do want to mention something else that uh, we wanted to highlight the Easter and the celebration of that. But mm-hmm. I did want to mention, um, so Tuesday, April 12th, is uh, we've got some meetings coming up that I think are going to be, I don't think, I know, are going to be really important for – Um, our congregation to participate in if they want to, I would, I encourage you to. Um, So yeah, April 12th at 530, we have our regular, regularly scheduled ministry board meeting, which everyone's always uh, invited to those meetings. Um, But we have a um, special guest who's going to be here representing uh, the Congregational Methodist Church. Uh, It's a denomination. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had a few conversations with them, and they wanted to send a representative to just tell us more about uh, who they are and what they're about to see if that's something that we might want to pray for. So um, they will be here at 530 on April 12th. Um, don't know the location. Probably the auditorium, I'm Probably. assuming. So.
2: And then are we going to have child care for We will.
1: One? We will have child care for all of these. So okay. Kristen has already lined that up for us so that that way it won't be a hindrance for, yep. for parents. You know, like you and Kara, you know, yep. like it makes that difficult. It does. And then that following week, um, and I'll mention this again, but um, Monday, April 18th, uh, which, as we know, around here is Easter Monday because we're not here that you? morning. Yeah. Uh, but that night, um, and uh, I already see that I have a sports banquet for my daughter, so I'll have to rearrange that. But that night at 6 o'clock, um, we'll have another representative here from the Global Methodist Church yep. denomination who will be sharing about the Global Methodist Church and Good. what that yep. looks like. Um, so we've got a couple of those different meetings coming up. Um, I'll mention more down the road. We're going to have a kind of a congregational Q&A
0: mm-hmm. uh, later
1: in April and just let people ask questions about what about this, what about that, and just yep. see where we're going. Because we're we're definitely, we want to focus on Easter, uh-huh. but we are also in this discerning and prayerful process as we have exploratory groups mm-hmm. and um, representatives from a lot of different areas of the church who are going to be participating in these. We've asked some specific People to be like, hey, be at these meetings yep. because your voices, you represent people in our church, <clears throat> and we want you to make a prayerful recommendation to the ministry board mm-hmm. about where to go. So so that stuff's coming up, and we'll, we'll tell you more about that, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, Palm Sunday this Sunday and the Holy Week service um, next Wednesday. That's going to be good, and of course, our podcast during the week, so... Mm-hmm.
2: And then so, Easter Sunday is after Easter, Holy Week.
1: Easter, Easter, Easter. It's coming. So we've got three services? Yep.
2: 7, <laughs> 9, 30, and 11.
1: That's right. So 7 will be outside.
2: Weather permitting. Yep.
1: Yeah, bring a back chair or bag a camp chair, chair or whatever you call whatever it. Whatever we call it down here. I don't here.
2: know. Kristen's the only one that doesn't call
1: it a bag chair. Okay. camp chair, I think, is what yeah. she calls it. I don't know. I don't even... I, they didn't really have those. We had lawn chairs. You bring a lawn chair. Yeah. And ba- you unfold it, and it's got, like, plastic and the multicolor, and you... Open it and you sit in like it, that. and then it gets rusty. Like and, those plastic tubes. Yes, and then it, and then rain or water gets in yeah. the in the joints of the thing, and the it's and rust it, water. Yeah, and it's really gross, and it yeah. stains your clothes. Yeah, so bring that. <laughs> but the seven o'clock service, yeah, it'll be outside on the front lawn, mm-hmm. weather permitting, and then nine thirty and eleven. Uh, and then we have an egg hunt
2: at 1030, at 1030 between, between the
1: two later services.
2: And it's from birth to fifth grade. And the way
1: I want to see that newborn baby out there at the egg hunt, with that's the fifth what graders. I want to see. And a fifth grader. I want to see, I'm going to put my money on the fifth grader. I'm just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the fifth grader is going to get more eggs than the newborn. Just but,
2: saying. Well, speaking of that, Kristen and her team do a great job they of do. separating, uh, like miniature egg hunts by ages yes yeah so they're so, by age range yeah for sure so um it's a great time and it's quick so yeah it, i think it's great <laughs> it's having very fast i think it's great having an egg hunt we're gonna have Easter an egg Sunday. hunt
1: and trash pick up kids no i'm just kidding all the trash. that's not an up. egg <laughs> what is it i don't know put it down deer poop
2: <laughs> gross those aren't chicklets. Uh. <laughs>
1: Oh, wow. Porch community, thanks for um, hanging with us and uh, listening today. I hope it was helpful and beneficial and for your edification. So, but we'll see you Sunday and we'll talk to you soon.
2: See you. Bye. bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye, buddy.
2: You've been listening to the 167 podcast. Join us next time for more insights to
0: inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the
2: remaining 167 hours. You are weak.